Welcome everybody to Scarves and Spikes, episode 27. Guys, Tommy. today's the day. They released it. Is it? They, the Captain America replica, whatever thing that they did. Oh. <laughs> we got to start with it. It's the biggest news of of the of the Fourth of July weekend. You mean we, the, we... the the thing we pulled out of like my grandmother's linen closet? Oh, gosh. You know, when when I saw the Marvel and, and and MLS were teaming up, I was like, "Oh boy, this is gonna be something!" And we got it. It was something. It was something. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Like, I I didn't put it together. It was like Captain America, Fourth of July, Fourth of July weekend. Oh, it all makes sense. Oh wow, it was ugly. Oh, they dropped. It was the ugly, board, man. It's bad. <laughs> it's selling out though. Like, uh, there's only two sizes left on MLS Shop. You know who I, had one? Franco Barra's dog has one. So Maybe he's got one for, like, every day of the week. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, um, people will buy anything. I mean, <laughs> not a, needless to say, I'm not a big fan of it. And by the way, Tyler, you're a little quiet on your mic, so hopefully we can get that resolved um, eventually. But, um... It is a, yeah, I saw someone on Facebook refer to it as pajama tops, and um, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm, glad all, I'm glad all they are is training tops and not actual jerseys, because people's eyes might bleed if these are treaded out during an actual match. So, yes, very, um, very interesting design decision, and let's just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> I will... I will defer to anybody else that wants to go purchase it. I could, I'll skip it. I'll skip. We're it. not judging I, you if you do. We're not judging no, you. No, not at all. Just, just not, not my cup of tea. <laughs> well, we got a big show today. Uh, we have Steve Cangelosi coming over. Uh, he is going to be talking about the it's Philly Hate Week, right? I think every, I think every, every time we play, it's Philly Hate Week. S E C S E C. Oh boy! It's finally time. It's finally time that we get to talk about this because I don't really know. If, I think we briefly hit on it during that entire athletic article, but Steve Curtin made some real nasty comments uh, about Atlanta fans, uh, about you know being SEC crowd, not being real fans, just here for a party. Just here for the party. If the fam, if the supporters group don't do any type of like driver's license type thing. Uh, TIFO, because that's what he said. He's like, you need to check people's driver's license to see if they're from here. <laughs> if they don't do a TIFO with like a driver's license, right, then they have completely missed out. And I'm very, I'll be very disappointed. But, you know, I mean, we've, we've, it's been a really a, a rivalry for a while now uh, with them. Uh, you know, they've, they've gotten a fight with our coach. Our coaches have, have gotten into it. And now you've got him getting into it with the fans. So, yeah, it, th that's going to be fun. We're going to talk about the academies and their great weekend that they had. And I think the biggest thing here is we have a transfer rumor. We have a transfer rumor. Finally. Finally. This, Finally. this, is, the this is the transfer window light. <laughs> you sure you're not summoning, like, Candyman or something? <laughs> if that's what's going to get us transfer rumors, sure. We, oh, we have not got many of it. R.I.P. Tommy. Yep. Yeah, um, and we'll touch on it real quick, but I just, I just want to say, I mean, 
don't overreact if you're a Lady United fan because we don't see transfer rumors right now. I mean, the window opens next week, and who knows? I mean, the club could be tight-webbed about who they're bringing in. So just throwing it out there as kind of a disclaimer. But, um, yeah, we do have a transfer rumor, and, yeah, it is a Frenchman by the name of Tristan Muyumba from um, Ligue 2 in France. And apparently linked to Atlanta United, that according to um, Lake Tanzi from the Keep in France, which is a major sports outlet out there in France. Yeah, so if you it's a reliable that. source. Yep. This is not, you know, somebody that got bored this morning because they just wanted to conjure something up. It's it's a legit source. And that this wasn't Zilf. This was not Zilf. This was not okay. Zilf. Just, just, just making sure. I he started one like at like a couple hours earlier. He tried to. He tried to. Um, no, and it also it fits the mold, right? Or at least kind of it fits a positional need. He's a midfielder, and I mean, I think we've spent like seventy percent of our show over the past month and a half talking about the midfield for this team. So, you know. Whether he's coming in as a backup to Ibarra or Hosedu or Sadich or or he's maybe the starter, I don't know. But I, I look this this news dropped like what a half hour before we went live, if that. And so I spent the little bit of time that I had trying to talk or, or look up who this guy is, what he's capable of, and you know, we'll see if it even happens. First of all, it's a rumor, but. He definitely seems to fit what Atlanta needs, at least what I think they need. Um, he's a he's a central midfielder or defensive midfielder that he's comfortable on the ball. He's speedy, quick. I don't know if he's got fire TikToks, Tommy, but uh, he's he's definitely. Um, I would Gray Gowder from from DSS kind of described him in the time that he looked at him as as fearless in the midfield, good ball control. Uh, which, I mean, all those are kind of aspects of, of a midfielder that you're looking for right now, right? So I think it's definitely something to be excited about if it happens. He's been a staple of, I think it's pronounced Guingamp or Guingamp or something. Sure. Well, I'm going to go with it, whatever. It's a League Two side. Um, but he's been a staple of their side for a couple of years now. He he first made his appearances with them in 2020 had a couple, and then the 2021-2022 season jumped up to 31 appearances. He had a, three goals that year, uh, an assist, and then this past year he's had a couple of assists. But he's played 2,664 minutes this season, and they ended up in sixth overall in the league. So he's he's been a huge part of their side, and his highlight reel, uh, it, it's fun to watch. Hopefully it translates if, if he does, in fact, come here. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, not not a showstopper. Um, won't be on a DP country or anything, I don't think. Maybe mm-hmm. a high game player. Um, but, yeah, came through the Monaco youth system. Uh, Monaco, obviously, a big club in France. Well, in league, yeah, I should say. Monaco's not in French, technically, but you know what I mean. Um, went to Bruges in Belgium, and then went to Toulon, I think it's pronounced, and then Guingamp, I think, is pronounced as well. But, uh, yeah, born in France, born in Paris, um, and then spent, like I said, a few years with the Monaco Youth setup, played with their B-side, the reserves, for a few years before, and then went to Belgium and then made this other stop um, 
in, I think, the fourth division, the French football, and then joined Guingamp. So, again, it's not a major name, and kind of part of me thinks it's a signing for the MLX Next Pro side. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I don't know if he's going to be a starter necessarily. I mean, he could. I don't know. I, I think I think it's a first team signing. I mean, he's he's 26. I don't yeah. I don't know that they would be bringing in somebody. Um, I'm not saying not saying you're wrong. I just you know it, it's one of those. There's a lot of question marks. I'm sure we'll learn a lot more about him over the next you know few days or whatever. There was a follow up tweet from the original source that kind of seemed to point to Atlanta being a front runner, depending on the translation. I think that you look at, but I mean, he seems to be more of a no frills kind of business midfielder that's just not scared. And I mean, I think that's exactly what this team would need would need going forward, especially with the problems they're having building out of the back. He's he's not afraid to take the ball, take guys on one on one, but he's he he keeps the ball glued to his feet. So uh, at least in the video that I've seen. And the, this is what not like a two-minute highlight reel. This was extensive. So we'll see. Yeah, I think. Very curious. Yeah, and uh, just real quick, uh, among Atlanta United, of course, you said Tyler Frontrunner, but a um, um, couple of selected Bundesliga teams, according to Tanzi, including Rostock, are in the running, uh, according to the suite from earlier on Wednesday. So, yeah, we'll see what happens on this regard. And yeah, whether he makes his way to Atlanta, Tommy. I mean, it's important that I think that that's the first rumor and the position, right? The midfield. I think that's the most important part I'm, I'm seeing about this is that's that's what we wanted to see, right? We want to see that this team gets stronger in the middle. Um, it's been our, our our biggest pain now for a few years, and they're looking at it, and that that probably means that they can move players out as well. I think that as you add players, it's going to start getting really crowded. So do you want to hold on to all these players in, in that position? So I, I hope that, you know, something like this comes true and we continue to see um, midfield rumors come around because that's really what we need here. So Emilio asking, is this guy six? I was thinking we can use an eight. This guy is either or. Uh, from what I've seen of him, he's comfortable enough on the ball to be the type of six that I think Atlanta wants in terms of, you know, he, he's going to receive the ball from the center backs or from, from Brad or whoever, and he's going to control it. Well, he's going to turn, he's going to move upfield. I don't think you see him maybe giving the ball up as much, but as an eight, which actually has been mostly, I think his position, at least in the last season from what I, again, very minimal research before this episode aired, but he is, um, he's a forward facing guy he's a forward-facing midfielder so i think you know you might get a few goals out of him but i think the biggest thing is just going to be his ball progression i think he's going to take if again all hypothetical if he does end up here then i think it takes a lot of the onus off of almada or whoever's the 10 to have to draw back as much i think he's he kind of fits the mold of what we've been talking about in terms of a guy that he can lock it down now. Sort of that connect, sort of that connective tissue, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Cool. So, um, yeah. Again, this just came out like Tyler, like he said right before he came on. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it actually came out like at three a.m. our time, but then making its rounds around Twitter over um, the past few hours before he came on. So, yeah, 
Tristan Muyumba from Guingamp, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but uh, yeah, Ligue 2, Ligue 2, the second division of France. Um, I love yeah, every yeah. word that, like, every word that you pronounced about him, like, every one, like, every time you say a couple words, it's like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then you say a couple more from the league, and then you said something else, and it's like, ooh, even better. <laughs> I hope we sign this guy, because I just want to keep you, I, keep having you say that. And, and, like, I kind of hope you're wrong, because I love when people, like, mispronounce, mispronounce things, just, and then we find out later. But you're doing a great job. You make it sound legit. You so. sound professional. Uh, right. So, uh, so what's, his, what's his name again? Tristan Muyumba. From Tristan Munyumbo, um with Guingon, I don't know. And Ligue well, 2. Well, uh, I could I could hear you Munyumbo. I could hear you say this all day. Not Wimba Munyumbo, Munyumbo. I wish that was my text tone, just you saying that. <laughs> Munyumbo. <laughs> it sounds good. Um but yeah, I'm sure that won't be the only transfer rumor we'll see, but uh, at least good to see one for a Lady United. But um yeah. That's our Discussion about Muyumba and more to come, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know we've been we've been really down. We if you watched our Monday episode, we talked a lot about the Red Bulls game. I don't know if we're going to get too much into that today because it was it was something. I think a lot of us might have turned the TV off. I I hit up a restaurant a little bit later and watched it watched it there. I just couldn't sit at home and just focus my entire attention onto that that entire game. But we we do have some exciting things that happen on Saturday, right? We do. another trophy, yeah. Added and to the we're going to talk about the academy, but also shout out to the unified team for beating the Red Bulls on Saturday as well. So shout out to them, congrats to them, great kids, great cause, Special Olympics. So quick shout out to that. Yeah, but um, yeah, academy U sixteens play the MLS next cup and next. Yeah, MLS Next Cup, and got us got us another trophy. Yeah, so it, and it and it was a fun game. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, it was it was enjoyable. It was very enjoyable. And so, if if you don't know, quick quick recap: Kevin Kratz, former free kick maestro of Atlanta United in early years, he is the head coach of the U16s. The MLS Next Cup, it had. Atlanta's U15s, 16s, and 17s playing in it. The U19s also played Saturday uh, in a playoff, essentially a playoff game up in Dalton. And I'll, I'll get that one out of the way really quick. They earned a penalty in the first like 45 seconds, converted it, gave up the equalizer about 14 minutes later. They went, they were up a man at the end of the first half because Dalton ended up with a, a second yellow. They scored at the end of the first half to make it 2-1. Dalton ends up coming back in the second, sends it extra time, and they end up losing. Atlanta ends up losing, uh, ultimately, and in, in the in extra time. So, uh, get that one out of the way. The Red Bulls match, obviously, we, we've, we've beat it to death. But the U16s, Kevin Kratz, they ran through this tournament. I mean, they it, it wasn't a cakewalk, but they were dominant. And if you don't know... Uh, this team in their their season went twenty two one and one. So, can I just throw out two words, by the way? Yes, please. Rocket Rita Rita. Rocket Rita Rita is Rita uh, one of the up and coming talents. Then you will you will see him in the future. I am certain of it. But you will also uh, remember his name because it's not hard to forget. So, he actually won MVP of the tournament. 
uh, for his play throughout the entire tournament. He was MVP for the U16s. And then Dylan Griner, who is the U16s goalkeeper, he won the best goalkeeper in that age group. Uh, exciting match. They played really well. Um, you've got a lot of talent. Cooper Sanchez was the one that scored the first goal. Uh, ben Barholo and Sanchez kind of him, all him, those two and Rita Rita combined for the most of the goals. It seemed like in, in the latter half of this tournament, Ashton Gordon, a Ford that Atlanta has, he's another one to keep an eye on. He he's had an amazing tournament. And just an amazing season overall. He's he, for his age, his hold up play and his ability to turn and take shots is phenomenal. And he got robbed out of a goal in this one uh, at the at the end of the first half. He actually he held off a defender at about the six yard box from a beautiful ball, chested it down, turned, took a shot, and during him chesting the ball down, it actually it was called a handball on him. They showed the replay, and it was a clear handball on the defender that had wrapped his arm around his chest. Oh. So, um, anyway, fair. they go into the half, 2-0. They're winning, doing well. Uh, the Strikers FC, the team that they were playing against out of Irvine, California, come out, and they get a goal. They, they nick a goal, and they look dangerous in the, in the second half. Sketchy final 20 minutes. The U16s, Cooper Sanchez got a second yellow, so they go down a man. And they just weather the storm. And four minutes of stoppage time, and in the 94th minute, they have a break, and a beautiful break, and they combine and score a final goal, make it 3-1, and they raise the trophy. Ice the game away. Yes. It was if beautiful. You will. <laughs> I think it was in Florida, so there's not much ice in Florida, but still. Uh, Texas. They salted the metro away. Or Texas. Tex yeah. It's definitely not as any ice in Texas right now is like nope. hot as you know what, but yes. Yeah. Good on. Congrats to the boys. Um, like you were saying, Ty, a lot of talent in there. Rita Rita, who's had some time with the twos, um, Dylan Greiner, who I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about in the coming weeks and months, um, with Atlanta United too. Uh, so good on them. Congrats. I'm Kevin Kratz, of course, leading the charts there. And, Fantastic work for the boys, and yeah, these are uh, these are players that. And I'll admit, I don't, I haven't been been spending a lot of attention, paying a lot of attention on the academy. Uh, maybe I should. Maybe I need to really start honing in on the twos, honing in on the academy to see who are these players that are coming up. I and mean, we mentioned Noah Cobb a lot, um, Wiley, um, Luke Brennan, Nick Firmino. Guys that uh, are getting minutes in some form or fashion with Atlanta United to or with Atlanta United, oh Atlanta United two before that, um, Bello before that. Um, so yeah, I mean these are kids that are doing well, succeeding with the U sixteen setup with the academy setup, and yeah, I and, for and one will try to be keeping a closer eye on them because you know they're good, they're really good, and they're rewarded this weekend. So. Yeah, and and some of them, and I see it in the comments too. Ashton Gordon, he's he's had time with the twos. Uh, Rita Rita's had time with the twos. Speaking of the twos, they had a match against New York City FC two as well, uh, and they they looked they looked rough for about fifty minutes. 
Johnny Vial, little Johnny Vial made his his return after a, a pretty bad foot ankle injury that he had earlier this season. And he came in and just worked New York City. And he was he was directly responsible for that win. And but but we talk about Nick Firmino wow. and the guy just What a week, huh? Man, I what what more can you ask for? Has a brace, leading the golden boot in next pro right now. Uh obviously scored in the match for Atlanta when he got called up for the first team, but comes on and, and has a brace in this match. Um, the guy's just on fire right now. Absolutely on fire. So what do you do with this future for the rest of the season? Uh, you know, um, you know I what know the fans want, you know, yeah. And the, and the fans want him to be signed. Um, and I say maybe Give him some more time to develop with the twos. Maybe you do sign up, put him on a homegrown contract. I don't know if he can or not, to be honest. I read something that they can't do it at this current point in time. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, he's proven to be a really key portion of the piece of the puzzle for Atlanta United 2. And, yeah, because he's a homegrown with the Revs. Or he was a homegrown with the Rose. They can't sign up to a homegrown contract. But, man, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, I don't know if you don't, just don't keep him with the twos for now and then sign up to the senior contract when the year you know, comes to an end and bring him in and gradually increase his playing time in 2024. So, yeah, again, you can't he can't be a homegrown because he already was with the Revs. But, yeah, looking forward to seeing what Firmino does. 22, I forgot he was that old. Um, so maybe that figures old. into, yeah, <laughs> old, yeah, relatively speaking. So maybe that figures into Atlanta United's thinking just a bit. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. And he certainly earned uh, an opportunity, um, especially with his play with uh, the twos and MLS Next Pro. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It wouldn't surprise mind. me. He, he has. Two call-ups left, one opportunity to play. So yep. you you may see him again. I, I, I agree. I don't know that he necessarily gets called up, to a, at least on a contract, this summer. But if he continues to have the season he's having, I would not be surprised at all if they jump on that in the, the winter and they work some space to, to make, it, make him at least a depth midfielder. But the guy brings an energy that this team has absolutely needed. Yeah, good on him. And uh, again, fantastic week for Nick Firmino. Tommy, what you I mean, got? I was just to say, like you have, you look at the depth of what you have, your offensive depth. You know, Sadage, who's that do? It's. I would love to have that young energy in in the lineup. Uh, on a consistent basis. We talked about it on Monday, like, right. Like Lennon said, one of the best practices they had is when they had, you know, some of these young players here and, you, and you've already, you're already, I mean, this is really the season where a lot, your youth has stepped up consistently, right? Like you haven't had that consistency of, of young players producing and it's just been getting better and stronger and what you've wanted, right? Like this is, is if you can move on, from Minnesota, I, I don't know if you can, but if you could, and you could, you could bring in Firmino. The one, the salary difference is just crazy, like different than than what it would be. You'd be saving money that you could put somewhere else. 
but you bring something a little bit different to, to come in late in games, even if, it, if if that's it, because that's huge. Like you, you saw what happened at, at the end of of the of the New York FC game, right? Like you bring in all these young players, the entire game's changed. Um, and I, that we've been crediting Pineda, I think, with a lot of that, right? Like that he's able to bring these guys in. They know what they're doing. They're they're playing almost a different style, right? Like they're they're attacking. They're not just having possession. They're moving the ball forward. It's exciting. I don't know. I think that maybe he does deserve this. And then you do get these opportunities. It depends on what your other signings are going to be. But if you weren't bringing in any offensive-minded type players, I think that I think you can do it. Yeah. I think I think you should you should bring them on. Yeah. And like like Mark points out in the in the chat, Rosetta's on an option here, which you know I think that took everybody by surprise, right? At, at the beginning of this season, it was like, hey, why? And then he he had a pretty decent start, actually, admittedly, and then things have just kind of went weird from there, but. He's on an option year. You let him walk, and at the end of the season, then you have a spot already open. Whether that happens or not, who knows? But it's definitely an option that is plausible. So we'll see. A um, couple minutes, really quick, before we get Steve on, waiting patiently. So he'll be on momentarily. <laughs> um, just the some last quick news. Then we can switch gears to, to Steve and Philly, and then we'll definitely wrap up. So there's other news, too. We'll talk about Tata Martino here uh, at some point. This is this is a big episode. It's been a lot of news this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, we try to bring you guys everything about the club. And Paolo Neto, who is one of two, one of Atlanta's uh, eSports guys, he has made his way back to the FIFA E World Cup. So nice. congrats to him. And it was quick. He actually took a loss in the first round and then came back and just manhandled folks. So, um, just congrats to him. That, that dude is, you know, if you don't follow it, I, it is what it is. I, I, I get it. That may not be your thing. But at the same time, like, they've got a guy who has consistently been really, really good at FIFA over the past couple of years. Are you good at FIFA, Tyler? No. Are you good at FIFA, <laughs> Sydney? No. <laughs> I'm good at Halo. And I'm like, I'm like, medium good at fifa i would say like i'm not great i can play i'm in like i'm in like season seven this year of my atlanta united franchise i'm good at scouting guys like if you brought me in i could do a whole hell lot of better than what we've done the past couple years (laughs) so what you're saying in the front office just waiting for you i brought i brought tito back i'm not afraid to say it (laughs) i'm not mad at you All all right Final, final bit. Got to give him a shout out. Jay Fortune getting a start with Trinidad and Tobago tonight in the Gold Cup. So, and goal in goal last game. Yeah, and had a goal mm-hmm. in the last match. So, kids on fire. The the kids, all of them, plural, are on fire for this team right now. They've been doing a phenomenal job. But yes, Jay had a had a wonderful goal and probably a better celebration. I don't know if you watched it. Uh, in the in the last match and then yeah he, he earns the start tonight so we'll see how that goes and of course you have other u.s matches tonight you have other gold cup matches tonight so uh it'll it'll be a busy night for sure so with that being said tommy who do we have coming on steve cangelosi 
from Apple TV. I, hey. I went to the box. That means, <laughs> hey, Steve. Gentlemen, I hope you can hear me. How are you tonight? Yeah. Yes. Good. How are, how are you? you? Fantastic. Welcome. You know, I had never been to Mercedes-Benz Stadium prior to this season, and this is my fourth trip already this weekend. So I'm starting to get the hang of this Georgia thing. And I'm looking you're local. <laughs> we're we're you, so um, glad you're here. You know, it's it's uh, this this new Apple deal has has brought us a ton of new faces, right? And it's just. It's nice to some of you guys are like regulars now. Some of y'all are still making your first appearances, but it's good that you kind of know your way around. I think it has been a wonderful thing, and I get what people miss too. I mean, I've said this a couple of times this year. In Atlanta, I know the great affinity that uh, your fan base had for uh, Kevin and Mo and Jillian, who did a terrific broadcast down there. And all three are friends of mine, and I'm proud to call them co-workers now in this whole Apple project. But I just look at big picture of how we've presented the game so far this year, guys. And, you know, the attention to detail in terms of picture quality and the studio show. And if you could tolerate people like me for 90 minutes, I think the whole thing is a five-star boppo success. <laughs> Well, uh, before this, you were with uh, the Red Bulls for a number of years. So uh, from calling games locally to calling them on a national basis, I know you had some time with ESPN as well. So mm -hmm. I guess what's been the biggest adjustment from that local broadcasting angle to now national and global even? Well, I was part of the Red Bulls or Metro Stars broadcast if right. you go way back. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm one of the more longer-tenured guys in the league, so uh, I, I don't mind – telling people how old I am and how long I've been around. So the thing you lose, right, and this is obvious, you're smart guys and you do a good show, you lose that intimacy every week, the one-to-one -one relationship that you have with coaches. Uh, Jesse Marsh, I would be in his office the Friday before every game, and there was a trust factor there. So you're building that now each and every week with different coaches who do not see you every week. Uh, there have been a few teams that we've done more often than others. I think Gonzalo Pineda, again, this will be the fourth time that I have a nice long chat with him when we get him on the phone. Danny Higginbotham is my regular partner. And, you know, we've kind of worked at this very delicately, building the trust of the coaches and the players who might not be as intimately familiar with our work. So that's a process. That's not a hill that's going to be climbed in the first few months of this, but I think we are making great progress at doing that. And I, I think the biggest difference is we are at the venues. Uh, I can't speak for every broadcast in the league, but even in New York at MSG, we stopped traveling for road games uh, for the last few years that Madison Square Garden Network had the contract with the New York Red Bulls. You lose a lot when you're calling the game off the monitor. Uh, you lose a lot of the obvious and you lose some of the subtle things that I think only people in sports television might understand. So being at the venue every week, I can't tell you what that's done for us to have the ability to give you a more accurate and I think energized broadcast every week and i hope we plan on bringing that for a long long time with this group i think you're off to a good start so far i think everything with apple has been has been great 
I think the only thing we've ever really you know, we've talked about is maybe the schedule's a little hard to be able to watch a lot of MLS. I think that's been our only real complaint. But everything else, I mean, the just the the value of the broadcast and you know having the options, right? Like if you know if you want to listen to your home announcers, you can listen to the home announcers. Even just learning that and hearing different voices, like I'll even sometimes start the first half. No offense, Steve. I might turn you off at halfway through to just to listen to what you know the the you know the the other team would would be uh, their announcers because it's good because like I love hearing different voices and I when we heard you were coming on I had to Google you I've got my NHL jersey on it's the NHL draft oh. today I realized that you did the New Jersey Devils uh, so I looked in and, and listened to some clips of you and I thought you sounded a little bit familiar when when I heard the name I knew it somewhere so. Yeah, I had a nice uh, 16-year run as part of the Devils broadcast, the last 11 as the primary play-by-play man when Mike Emmerich, the legendary Doc Emmerich, uh, left to go to NBC at the time exclusively. So I had a lot going on in my life about a year ago, and I made a decision that I needed to dial a few things back, at least for the time being. So when Apple was and MLS were nice enough to make me a, a, a pretty big offer in terms of number of games to call i had to make some hard decisions you know was i still physically up to doing maybe 120 live events a year with all the travel that's mixed in and if there are some other things going on family wise that i need to pay attention to yeah i had to make a decision to leave it and it's funny i had left a message for the general manager of the New Jersey Devils, uh, Tom Fitzgerald, and they went on a 16-game winning streak. I don't know if you guys know, very early last season. So I messaged him and said, pretty easy to figure out which piston wasn't firing, huh? Yeah, <laughs> and now that I'm gone. But I'm happy for all of them, and the team is uh, in a very good place right now. Great. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm sure a lot of fans will be looking forward to having you in the bend on – Sunday. Uh, I want to kind of pivot and kind of talk about Philly. Um, I know you and Danny have called a few Philly matches this season. Danny, mm. of course, was part of the television broadcasts with JP for several years for the Union. Um, from what you've seen from the Union thus far, and you know they've been near top of the league, I feel like every year for the past few years. Um, close to MLS Cup, never have gotten quite there. Of course, last year MLS Cup final was one for. One for the ages, probably one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes a team like Philly so good, and how can Atlanta cope with them on Sunday? I'll tell you why this is a very dangerous game for Atlanta. Obviously, Philadelphia is a very good team. I think we're all in agreement on that. I think there are four teams right now that you could say are legitimate candidates to contend for MLS Cup in the Eastern Conference, right? I mean, Obviously, Cincinnati is at the top of that list between New England, Nashville and Philadelphia. I think all four can see a path towards potentially contending for a championship outside of everybody else who's dreaming of the same thing. Maybe Atlanta is a team that does something during the window that has them entering that conversation. But I look at what happened in the last game, and I know this was their most disappointing game in a while, Atlanta, the 4-0 loss to the Red Bulls. But who did they lose to? That was a high-pressing team. Well, Philadelphia is a high-pressing team by definition. They do it a little bit differently because they employ a diamond. But the one thing that they are capable of, more so than the Red Bulls and most teams in MLS, 
they will make you pay when you turn the ball over. So this is a team already that scored, I believe, 34 goals to this point in the season. Atlanta is a team that I believe has already conceded 35, if I have my numbers correct. Yep. So what does that mean? I think this adds up to a situation on Sunday afternoon where people like Purata and Abram, I understand he was healthy enough to practice today, so I'm assuming that'll be the center back pairing again. I think this is an afternoon where they have to have one of the most responsible games that they can play, and whatever constructs their midfield, whoever's at the six for them, if it's one person or more, they also need to play an exceptional game, because right now, Philadelphia's got it going on all cylinders. Daniel Gazdog is a terrific player. The attacking trio with Ua and Carranza is fantastic. But guys, more than that, they're getting production now from people they're not accustomed to getting production from. Jose Martinez is scoring. Leon Flock uh, found the score sheet. So it's coming together for them now. And it's understandable to me why it took so long. They were navigating CONCACAF Champions League. There was a crunch in the schedule. But I think now also there's some clarity that Jim Curtin's probably going to remain as this team's head coach. And now I think they're ready to take one more big swing at what just eluded them in the game that you're referring to back in November. They were seconds away from winning it all, and uh, Elliott was seconds away from being an MLS Cup MVP before Gareth Bale and John McCarthy had other ideas. Yep. I, I, I feel like you watched our uh, our episode that we did uh, yesterday. We had, we had a little bit of a conversation about exactly that. Philly, the way they play, it's not that different than what they just they just faced up in New Jersey. And you've got a team that does it much better actually in terms of their, their clinicality. And they, I mean, they can finish. They don't, they don't miss opportunities often. And like you said, they're going to make you pay. And I feel like making you pay is like the worst thing an Atlanta United fan can hear because the mistakes are killing them this year. Well, there was an inattentiveness I thought in the Red Bulls game that I had not seen from Atlanta to this degree. Uh, four goals is something conceded that they want to forget about, but to concede one on a throw-in, which was the first goal of the game, and I know this was a nice finish by the kid Daniel Edelman for the Red Bulls, who who fired off a nice shot and beat Brad Guzan. That disturbs me if I'm looking at it from an Atlanta perspective. The fourth goal that they surrendered in that game, the second goal by Frankie Amaya that really put it away for the Red Bulls, it almost seemed like an unwillingness for Atlanta to defend in that situation. So I'm going to take a guess, an educated guess, that there's going to be a lot more attention to detail in situations like that by Pineda and his staff in the lead-up to this game. But again, Philadelphia right now, They've got it going. They will come into this game on eight days rest, as will Atlanta. I understand that. But usually when they've got their full complement of players, it shakes out well for them in a game against a team like Atlanta that wants to possess the ball. So the matchup to me kind of plays into Philadelphia's hands. The one big drop off for Philadelphia, still no Andre Blake competing for Jamaica at the World Cup. Joe Bendick is a big step down from what Blake provides as a shot stopper and, of course, his familiarity with that back four that they play. You're giving me nightmares, Steve. Like, I was like, like, <laughs> I was already nervous about this game, and then everything you just said was like, I don't know if I should wake up Sunday. 
You've got, the game. You've, got the, you've got the great equalizer here, though, in number 23 and number seven, though, don't you? The two great equalizers who I think are capable of taking over a game on any given afternoon. Uh, look, Yakamakis obviously got my vote as one of the three uh, forward selections for the All-Star game. I think the dynamic of the matchup in the midfield with Almada one-on-one, -on -one. and I'm going to talk to our directors. I hope we can ISO this during the telecast on Sunday as best we can. Jose Martinez, in my opinion, is the best six in the league. Tiago Almada, in my opinion, is the best pure playmaking midfielder in the league. People in New England might disagree with Carlos Hill. Fine, they have that right. To me, it's still Tiago Almada. It creates a fantastic one-on-one -on -one matchup and I'm very interested to see how that unfolds because if Almada's on his A game, I think that changes the whole dynamic of what we could see on Sunday. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he he really hasn't been over the past two matches. I mean, really, yeah. he, had a, he had a really strong second half against DC the last time Atlanta United were at home. But I mean, I feel like a lot of Atlanta United fans will be looking for him to hit that next year. I mean, he had a tremendous start to the season, of course. Uh, he has a, he's on nine assists, tied with, yeah, I believe, Gostag for the mm -hmm. league league. So Gostag versus Almada is going to be another piece of the puzzle to look at. But I feel like, yeah, if Almada can present as that player that Atlanta United fans are used to, you know, Atlanta could make things very interesting. But that's a big if, especially – you know, considering kind of the form he's in right now. Well, Sydney, he set the bar pretty high right out of the yeah, gate, right? No doubt, Sydney, no doubt. I mean, you, you go back to that first week and understanding what happened and the manner in which he scored those goals, the manner in which Atlanta had its first big come from behind moment of the season. Uh, you guys would speak to this better than I can. It almost felt like, okay, here we are, and it's time for us in the Deep South to dream big again. The door is open for that, so the bar is set very high. What did disturb me in the game against the Red Bulls, which uh, I watched, obviously, in my preparation for the game, when things weren't going right in the first half, it seems like he was retreating deeper and deeper to get the ball. So, look, I think this key to a game falls into the 100 percentile of every game that's ever been played on the face of the earth because everybody wants to score the first goal. But for Philadelphia in particular, the numbers are terrific for them when they score first. I think it's 19 consecutive wins for them now when they score the first goal of any game. And Jim Curtin speaks to that when we speak with him about it very cleanly. What that does, it forces the us to draw the other team out. They're chasing it, and then it's set up for our guys to carve them up, get a second, get a third, and then it's good night, Gracie, right? Uh, I think the first goal is very, very important for Atlanta. I think it would be something to set the tempo of the day with what I expect to be a fantastic crowd again on Sunday afternoon. I don't think I'll expect anything other for a long time uh but again if they could score first and if they could put philadelphia on the back foot i think that changes the course of a lot of things that we were talking about a few moments ago watch the game guys don't be depressed about it <laughs> hey, you know we try <laughs> we try i'll be up there in the press box and you'll be in the press box um and and it's funny you know as as the home press related to you know atlanta united we're sitting up there and we're, we're, we're looking at Almada making runs and then we're looking at Almada having to drop back deeper because, 
you know, of, of things that are really not out of, in his control. Right. And right. you want your number 10 playing as a number 10, not as a number eight or a six and having you know, to drop back to receive the ball. And just to take, this, take this back to Yakamakis too, I think is an important part of the conversation. I, I mean, you, you guys referenced my history with the Red Bulls, right? And when I look at players I'm envious of, everybody's going to be so envious of Lionel Messi or, you know, obviously there was envy with uh, Zlatan when he was in the league. Yakamakis is the example of a guy that I, as a New Yorker, envy Atlanta for, right? And, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I don't know how familiar you're with New York City, but there's a pocket of New York City, Astoria, Queens which is the mm -hmm. Greek capital of the Western Hemisphere. Okay? I'm a Mets Every fan, so I know all yeah. about Astoria. <laughs> everyone, uh, yeah, and uh, everyone in Athens knows what Astoria Queens is. You'd, you'd be surprised to know this, okay? You put that player in the New York setting, and he'd be the closest thing the team had to a local MLS star that's been accepted by New Yorkers than what we've had in a very long time because mm. of his ethnic background, because of the kind of player he is, you put Yakamakis on the Red Bulls. John Tolkien isn't sitting on four assists. He's probably got 10 or 11 by now. That big, tall, natural finisher who does not need service all that close to goal to unleash a powerful header and get a goal. And also, I think he can play in a pressing system if he ever had to do that. I think he defends very well. So, you're looking at what I think is a special player and a potential game changer as well on any afternoon. And maybe Sunday is that day. Do you feel like, because you mentioned the Almada, you know, Jose Martinez kind of matchup is, is one of the keys besides that, what are some other keys? And you mentioned the, the six and, and Atlanta playing out of the back. And we had this conversation a lot last week as well with mm. the Red Bulls. Essentially they're two competing different styles of play polar opposite right what other kind of matchups or whether it's players or positions what are you what are you looking at for both teams how philadelphia adjusts when kai wagner goes forward and if they don't adjust properly what kind of space that gives to brooks lennon on the right side and the service that he provides uh i thought lennon the few times I've seen him play in person this year, had very strong matches. I think he's had a strong season. I like the confidence level that the man has. Uh, I had his, I had the opportunity to have an at-length chat with him uh, a couple of months ago, probably by now, one of the games that Danny and I did. And I liked his attitude in terms of confidence that he was rising once again to the level of somebody who should consistently be considered for U.S. men's national team duty, okay? I I like that bravado. Uh, I, I think there's still some more work to do there, but if he finds space deep in Philadelphia's zone as a result of Kai Wagner, who will also look to find space on the opposite end of the field, then I think that could mean very big things for Atlanta and Yakamakis in particular. That, to me, is a matchup to watch. Now, Philadelphia adjusts very well, and when a team plays the diamond like Philadelphia is committed to, where are you vulnerable? You're vulnerable on the width of the field, right and left. So if this is going to be a day for Atlanta, I think Lennon becomes a very important part of the equation for this team. They focused a lot today 
on that specifically. Uh, it was yeah. there. Brooks Lennon was actually one of the ones that spoke. And uh, the again, it's early in the week, so it's not super tactical stuff that you're watching, right? But it was very clear that that's that's going to be part of the game plan. They're they're going to want to pick on the wings, and you know you've got rotation out wide for Atlanta. Brooks Lennon obviously is kind of the the steadfast guy. He's he's always there. He's he's your your engine. Uh, mm-hmm. Gutman on the other side and Gutman, you know, he, he's going to have an opportunity or two, a match where he just kind of appears in the box and, and make something happen. But um, I think the biggest curiosity is going to be, you know, you don't have Etienne. He's, he's out on gold cup. You have our, obviously Arugia was gone now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's back to Tyler Wolf and, and, and become a fan favorite recently. You know, he's, he's always been a, you know, a, a loved guy here, but he's been on a run of form. Do you think, he factors into that or do you think it's more going to be those those vertical runs that Lennon likes to make uh probably more the latter and what I said about Lennon with that said I mean I kind of like where Tyler Wolf is at this point in the season and I don't think they sacrifice much with him on the field even though this is still a very young player who's finding his game uh I think he's a serviceable player uh but I also think he's going up against a team that will test whatever he has to deliver because what I think Philadelphia does very well, in particular in that area of the field on the right side for Atlanta, is the help that Jack Elliott will give on that side. And my gut, I don't know this, but my gut is that once again, Curtin will select Leon Flock instead of Jack McGlynn because Flock is the stronger defensively of the player. So the help defense he gives in that area of the field is usually something that's very attentive and very good. Uh, This won't be easy for Atlanta. To take it back to my original point, I think they're going to have to play a very good game. And I think they have to take advantage of the fact that Bendick is in goal. I think one of the things that Philadelphia will be preaching all week They've got one of the best free kick takers in MLS in recent years. It is our job, and this is on you, Jose Martinez, because you're always wanting to play on the edge. It's our job to make sure you're not giving those 19, 20, 25-yard free kicks to a guy who can slice you up on set pieces. So that'll be a focal point. And if Philadelphia has that discipline, I think that'll make it all the more harder for Atlanta this week. You bring up Jim Curtin, and he is slowly becoming a villain here in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, him and Heinze got into it a, a few years ago, and then uh, uh, an article in The Athletic, he makes a comment about Atlanta fans being, you know, SEC-type territory. People just go, it, it's not a true fan base. It's, you know, people are just going there to party, check their driver's license. They're probably not even from Atlanta. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's the little things that off the field that in, that that interest me in games sometimes, and like it's it's he's slowly becoming more of a, of a villain here. I, I'm interested to see how the fans treat him in this you, game here. You want to know, Tommy, you want to know the interesting dynamic about all of that? You, sure. You're not you're not going to meet a nicer man. I, I mean, you're really because I hate the man really, right now. You're really not. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he'll give you the shirt off his back. And just from a repertorial point of view, he'll give you all the time in the world if you ask him uh, 
to help explain what we what we are about to watch is a funny story i remember this was at the height of almada mania earlier this year this was when he was far and away uh the top talent in the league in the opening i don't know four or five weeks in the season but gazdag was playing very well for philadelphia so i tried to get him going a little bit and i tried to say hey uh jim is it possible that we're making a fuss out of the wrong attacking midfielder in MLS that maybe it's a Hungarian guy and not an Argentine? And he said, stop right there. I'm in enough trouble with the with, with, with the Atlanta fans as it is. I'm not going there. So we kind of cut the conversation short. But to your point, I also think that kind of thing, it's kind of good for the league. You know, I mean, I know we have stars, but... Where have the villains gone, right? Uh, I, I mean, where have all the aggravating forwards from the old days in San Jose or Blanco, who would play that role from the old days of Chicago? So if he represents that to the city of Atlanta, I don't think that's the worst thing for Major League Soccer at all. A hundred percent. You love villains. Like you, you, you know, especially like coaches, like you used to have back in the day, just so many ones that like stood out and said, you know, controversial things. And we don't have that as much. And then when you see Heinze and him getting into it, you're like, Oh, what did he call him? A jerk? I think was, was that what? I, I, I don't it? remember that. I, I'm not I, I know Tyler that. knows. It's, maybe. It or it <laughs> it starts with a, I'll just throw that out. There. Yeah, oh, okay. That, it was worse than a jerk. Okay. Uh -huh. There was a perception that fans have of some coaches too, because again, I did Red Bulls all those years. Uh, the year that Atlanta won MLS Cup 2018. Red Bulls had their number in the regular season, as they have for most of the history. And I don't know if you remember the, the, the potential handshake at the end of the game with he and Chris Armas. Red Bulls uh, really played a complete game. They ran them off the field. This was the last regular season game before the playoffs between the two. Red Bulls would win Supporters' Shield. Atlanta would win MLS Cup. Armas wanted to just shake Tata Martino's hand after the game, and Tata just walked right past him and just was in no mood for it. So that left that kind of sour taste in the minds of Red Bulls fans. And then Tata, of course, lifts the trophy. How fun is it going to be to have him back in the league, by the way, perhaps as soon as next week with uh, the greatest player on the planet, with uh, the man who's going to be pulling the strings for whatever else is part of that attack. I wanted to ask you guys this. September 16th, I know into Miami goes to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. To me, the dynamic of that game, I think that has the potential to be the best, the most important uh, regular season game in MLS this season because the crowd obviously mm -hmm. will be what it is. They're going to open up the upper deck. Yeah. But do they honor Yosef Martinez properly for that game? Assuming he's still on the team, and I believe he will be, because Martino will mandate that he finishes the season I, in Miami. What do you think? I think mm. so. And I also think to add on to that, especially now that it's confirmed that Tata is coming back, I think it's mm. both of them. Yeah. I think, I think they have to. Yeah. I, I mean, with Yosef, uh, I think that has to be the moment where he's still a tangible player in the league. And I think they're going to make every effort to continue with him as the striker on this team until that day just is no longer reality 
because somebody comes in from outside the organization. Uh, I do know that Javier Morales, who's been the interim coach and is having a very tough time with that group right now, wants to stay away from two strikers. And the impression I got is that he'd rather play 70 minutes with Martinez and then maybe 20 with Campana. I don't know that any of that changes until a potential big striker is landed by into Miami from Europe in the coming weeks. And that might not be in this transfer window, by the way, either guys. Right. And, and, and Tata, you know, I think on paper, a lot of things you would, you would imagine that they would do down there in Miami are pretty easy to guess. Right. I mean, Joseph, he still is one of the best goal scorers in the league. Mm. You're now going to have Messi feeding him and helping him out. Who knows what that does for his confidence, but also like Tata, is that mind that he could come in and just change things completely around. You mm. know, that's, that's, that's what he did with Atlanta in terms of, you know, going from the, the way that he started off 2018 to kind of his bread and butter in 2018, and then changed it up in the playoffs, going back to that, the Red Bulls series and, and kind of threw Red Bulls for a loop a little bit. So, I mean, it, he's got the mind to, I think, get the most out of those players. The thing I can't wrap my head around yet, Tyler, but I think we'll get an answer in the first couple of games that Messi plays. Obviously, he's a fantastic talent, but how long does it take for people to recognize how to feed off that talent and make me a better player? Okay, there's going to be an adjustment because they're playing with something that they've never experienced before. You know, Busquets will know what's going on. Busquets knows how to read off his movement. Busquets will know what to expect. But there will be, for all the greatness of Lionel Messi, even at this stage of his life at 36, and I still think he's close to the top of the game, obviously not in the prime years anymore, but I think there's going to be an adjustment from whoever is on this team, Kramoski, Yosef Martinez, Campana, David Ruiz in the midfield, it's going to take them a little bit to learn how to play with somebody who competes at that level. I don't think that's going to kick in right away. So that's why I think whatever messy greatness we see is going to be individual greatness right away and not necessarily making everyone around him better. He's proven everybody else wrong, so maybe he'll prove me wrong. First game, Cruz Azul on July 21st, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of those things too, where it's, you know, like you're saying the the youth, maybe, maybe not so much youth, but lack of experience compared to playing at that level that he plays at. Mm. I think a lot of it, you just go back to that old adage of, Hey, just give him the ball, <laughs> just get the yeah. ball. And see what happens. I, I, but there's more to it than just get out of the way, right? Yeah. You have to accentuate whatever. And, and they're going to work on that. They're going to talk on that. And I don't think Tata Martino will figure that out right away i think there's a process uh look i'm as excited as anybody to see these first 12 games for him before the season ends right. but i think realistically a lot of this is about 2024 no i'd agree with that i'd agree um real quick um i don't know when you and danny are getting into um atlanta but to anything you guys are looking to get into looking to see when you're in town or is it a quick trip for the two of you yeah, it depends when we get in, right? I think this week we both get in on Saturday night. So you have to understand, like, I, I'm interested, whenever I do a game on Sunday and not a Saturday, I like to immerse myself in that MLS 360 and a lot of the 730 yeah. games because that's you, you made a good point earlier. Uh, forgive me, I forget which of you three pointed, and that is the schedule. So 
I watch a ton of games every week, but I only watch select games live. It's generally mm -hmm. one that I'm calling at 7.30, and then maybe I'll catch the late game. One of the 10.30 starts from start to finish. It'll be interesting to see whether they tweak the schedule at all moving forward at some point this season or certainly next season. Uh, but to answer your question, probably Saturday night, I'm settling in with a glass of wine, my Chipotle <laughs> order, and I'm just going to watch with the laptop uh, – uh, some of the 7.30 games uh, from my hotel room in Atlanta. But we go. will get out and about before the season is done in Georgia. We've done it a little bit already in yeah. previous trips. Steve, real quick, take us behind the scenes. You talk about the Atlanta-Miami uh, game. And behind the scenes with Apple, who calls dibs on that game? Do you guys do like a fight club type thing, flip a <laughs> coin, uh, do a lottery? Like how like if, how do you guys pick games? Is it just assigned to you? How does that go? Yeah, we yeah, we just have them assigned. You know, generally speaking, and this is this is not definite. Usually we have our schedule six weeks in advance, you know? So if you ask me on August 16th where I'm going to be on September 16th, I'll probably know. Uh, but right now, I think as I speak with you guys, I have my schedule through the group stage of Leagues Cup, and then a lot of that is to be determined after that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think this is going to be a lot of fun down the stretch for games Messi is involved in and games – that Messi might not be involved in. Because I think the race in the East is going to be pulsating in the last month and a half or so. I really do. For sure. Yeah. I take yeah, my march. I, to answer your question, I take my marching orders from the office. Yeah. <laughs> we were hoping for a fight club, but it's okay. Yeah, I, it. I, don't um, know, I don't know how well I'd fare in that. <laughs> Steve, we appreciate it. Um, there's a good time to point out really quick as well that this match actually is one of the free ones on Apple TV. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a subscription, I don't know what you're doing, but if you don't, you can still watch this match. So, uh, Steve, we'll, at least me and Sydney will be there. We, we'll probably see you tomorrow. Or not say tomorrow. Uh, Sunday. We'll probably see please you Sunday. Stop by the booth and say hi, please, okay? Absolutely. We All right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Cheers, Thanks, sir. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, yeah, really glad to have Steve Kendall-Wilsey along with us tonight. And, yeah, should be a fun one on Sunday. Um, he's a he's voice about, um, I know. Great voice. I hear his voice. I'm like, I, I know where I was at so many times when I was listening to him call matches. Yeah. So, uh, you'll, you'll have an option to watch him and Danny Higginbotham on MLS Season Pads, of course. Uh, again, it's a free match. Uh, all you need to do is subscribe to Apple TV. Or you, you need to have an Apple ID. That's all you need. You don't need to subscribe to app, um, MLS Season Pass to watch. So that is free. And and also, it's on the Fox Network uh, with a different crew. So I don't know if I want to mention that when he was on the air, but just as a well, public service. And <laughs> like, Apple's not paying us any money to say this, but Fox broadcasts suck. Like, they're bad. Like, let's just be honest. Like, it just, they, they don't seem like their heart's into it. Uh, I mean, they're not even there, right? Like, isn't that the thing? Like, they don't even fly these guys out for games? Is right. that, yeah, like, is that the thing? Lauderdale or something. Yeah, like, that's, it's just weird. Like, you're, you have one game a week. You can't fly these guys out to set them up in a booth somewhere to watch the game? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. We, lo but, we love uh, you, Apple. We love yes. you, Apple. Don't leave us, Apple. Yes. 
season pass is miles ahead of what Fox was. And, you know, I, yeah. I'm not just saying that because you know we had Steve on just now. We've had some of the MLS season pass folks on earlier in the season or throughout the season. But, yeah, it's miles ahead of what Fox has done. And and I think that's it's worth pointing out, too. Like, whether you – you know, you, you have – every every time I, I look at the list of, of folks that are calling matches, right, I feel like I'm playing – like Super Smash Brothers or like Mortal Kombat, and there's like a list of like pick your fighter type thing going on because there's so many like good talents that are in this in this Apple TV deal, and you know whether you agree with them or not, depending on who you know who you like, who you don't like, you do have quality no matter what. And like like we were talking about, like Tommy, you mentioned earlier, and Steve was touching on it. The hardest thing right now is just that time slot. Like you don't get to watch as much as you probably want to just because everything's so packed together. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good to have. I think it's become more or less what everybody wanted it to be when this was first announced because you, you don't have the blackouts. You get to watch what you want, and it's refreshing. So mm-hmm. that being said, I want them to swap the, the time slots, like, immediately. I really, 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 really want that to be a focus. <laughs> yeah, I think they be- do. Yeah. That might be a consideration in 2024, but I'm sure Apple and MLS will have a long talk about things like scheduling, um, programming at the end of the season. They really make the needed adjustments that they feel would be best for the fan, you would hope, especially with how much Apple is paying for these rights. How do you think ESPN feels at this point? Like, MLS got messy. Left out. and yeah, right. Like it, it's 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 interesting. Like how that conversation went, like in in both sides, and like that was like something I thought about when Mexican. Like you tell like the Apple. Like I, I just in my in my fan fiction. I know Tyler, you write it all the time. My fan fiction. There's like a Discord group, right? Also, we have a Discord now. Join it. Ah. Uh, but there's a there's a like a Discord of all the Apple announcers, and they're like messy, messy, messy. And then you just see like middle finger sad emojis in the ESPN uh, across the board. Like, they forgot what MLS was, like, because they hardly ever show anything on ESPN. Like, that's what they did to the NHL, too. When they got rid of the NHL, like, they barely showed any NHL highlights. So they were like, we could forget MLS. We're not going to show any highlights. And then they're like, oh, no, we got messy. Or they got messy. Apple got messy. MLS didn't get messy. Apple got messy. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? We have to show MLS again? Oh, no, what do we do? There's a lot of, and then there's Fox going. Oh man, we got to fly people out to like actually talk about this game. Like, do, do they send announcers out for the first Fox game with Messi? Like, you know they're going to, right? They're not. If they don't, that's even more insane. That's if right. they wouldn't send them out, oh, they probably won't. But uh, <laughs> they I mean... think they have to. <laughs> Your fan fiction is cynical, Tommy. <laughs> it's going to be a crab. That's going to be a crab broadcast booth, but um. Yeah, Messi will have a very familiar coach when he gets to Miami. Of course, Santa Martina, we talked about with Steve um, earlier, but officially announced on Wednesday. Um, And it's a name that brings respect and experience. I mean, it's not to say Diego Alonso, their first head coach, didn't have experience. He was um, very experienced. Coach had a number of different clubs, kind of jumped around, and then Phil Neville um, came in and kind of was panned as one of Beckham's buddies. Um, Coach with uh, in, uh, 
England's women's team before he came to Inter Miami. Uh, but yeah, that that didn't work out, and now Tata Martinez is going to come in, and hopefully, Inter Miami fans will see an improved team with Tata at the helm. And I feel that's very going to be very interesting. I mean, Messi, of course, will be there, who he's familiar with, with the Argentine national team and Barcelona. But um, there's just so many other moving pieces um, with Miami. It's got to be more than Messi. I mean, Messi will draw eyeballs. Messi will score goals. And Steve kind of talked about it. Messi will have his individual moments of brilliance, but... Uh, like he said, it's probably going to be more about 2024 because I don't know with even with Messi and Busquets there to finish out the season. I don't know if this team makes the playoffs. They're just too far behind the eight ball, too far behind the line. And yeah, I think 2024, they're going to have massive expectations, maybe MLS Cup expectations in a lot of league circles. But yeah, this year, maybe just playing out the string just a little bit. Uh, because of their standing right now, just way off the playoff race at this current point in time. Now, if, <laughs> by some by some miracle, I mean, let's say it's probably going to take a miracle for them to make the playoffs. I mean, right now, they're, what, 11 points out of a playoff spot. So if they're able to get on a significant run and fantastic run, Somehow and just turn the league on its head over the stretch. I mean, think of all the possibilities for MLS, of course, but my goodness, that's going to be something else. You don't think they're going to make it? I don't think so. I mean, 11 points out with 16 matches to play, I think. I mean, not not impossible, especially with nine teams making the playoffs from each conference now, but um, yeah. I don't see it personally. It could be wrong. It could be wrong, but I don't see it. There's just still a lot of holes to fill in that roster outside of Messi and Busquets, I think. I'm heading on to the battered uh, Herons podcast after this. I'm going to tell them what you said. Uh, you can tell them. <laughs> I think they do. I, I think they make it. Hmm. I, th- I, I'm not going to call any shenanigans here but I'm calling shenanigans with my eyes. They're going to make it. There's too much money in Messi not making it. I like I like these fake these these stories in my head and I I somehow think that they end up making it in this season and you know Messi's already even talked about it, right? Like he's getting texts they they've got to make the playoff form, you know, they got to make the playoffs and all that. I'm not saying one man can do it, but I think that I think that they end up making it. I'll probably make a lot of money if they make the playoffs, but that's not, not why I'm saying it here. But I, I, <laughs> right. I think that it's, with this Apple, the, with this Apple contract and everything, I think that the league's really going to want him to go. And my uh, my controversy mm-hmm. is that they're gonna they're gonna get in. Rigged. Uh, Colonel say Messi cannot enter the playoffs. I can. So. so. Yeah, I don't see it personally. What do you think, Tyler? Playoffs or no playoffs for Inter Miami? I don't mean to make this Inter Miami podcast, but well, I mean, you know, I think I think there's so much history, right? You kind of have to point, we have to point it out because again, this was news that like became finalized a couple hours before the show. We knew it was coming, but 
my mic was muted. Oh, I no, we heard you. Button. I thought it was mine. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what just happened then. Okay, fine. I'm I'll sorry. carry on with my rant. Um, no, I, I think, I think they make it. I think it's going to be tough, but if there's any guy that can do it, Messi's the talent. If there's any coach that can do it that's available right now, that's that's you know here or coming into MLS, it's Tata. But also, like, they're not done right now. They are. They have an uphill battle, for sure. And I don't know if I'm going to go conspiracy theory route like Tommy, but do it. I mean, you know, it's. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Tommy. But I still do. <laughs> yeah, wink, wink. Me too. Yeah. Me too. All right. I think it's good. I, I, Tata is going to be interesting because, like, wasn't one of the reasons why he didn't stay in – well, one of the reasons why he didn't want to stay in MLS is he didn't like to travel, right? He wanted to spend time with family. So it's interesting well, that, that he does come back. not like Atlanta. Like, his wife, I don't even think, lived here in Atlanta when he was here. Mm. No. Well, everybody loves Miami, apparently. Yeah, apparently. That's what I'm. That's what I read on on Twitter. Is that everybody loves Miami? I mean, they get what they want, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was the bath salt capital of the world, but that's that was just me. <laughs> what... I think that's just north of there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a story for another podcast. Come <laughs> <laughs> join our True Crown podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, do we want to talk about uh, Philly? Yep, let's do it. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to see a uh, SEC. Um, Tommy, Tommy, you said you said a uh, driver's license TFO. I'm hoping for an SEC TFO. <sighs> Something you know, like it's that. weird. Or yeah. or a combination of the two. Or a combination of the two. Real quick story, like, and I guess I I'm not a big SEC fan. I, I'm a I'm an unfortunate Pac-12 fan, but they, it was weird. I was at a Falcons game, uh, my first time in Mercedes-Benz, and the Falcons got, they lost to the Dolphins, Jay Cutler and the Dolphins, Jesus. Uh, And while we're walking out, everybody, you know, the Falcons just lost, everybody's just chanting SEC. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Why is everybody chanting SEC? So, like, when I read Curtin's comments, like, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that, that might actually be a little bit true. They're just random people just chanting SEC. Like, I, I don't like any league that I go, NHL, NHL. Like, I don't know. It's, it, it's the, the South and their obsession with the SEC is just really weird in general. They were, they were honoring former Vanderbilt great Jay Cutler. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jeez, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Tommy's about to quit. We're talking about Jay. Cut- oh man, I can't believe I brought Jay Cutler. But yeah, I, I think it's a good. Uh, this is a good rivalry that you you, you can build. And he, Steve brought up a good point. Like you, a lot of leagues lack personality these days, and like real storylines of like coaches hating each other, and like you saw that in the NFL, especially like in the NHL, like. Just because there were so many fights, like you, you would have coaches hating each other, and I think leagues can get boring sometimes. They can get flat. Like you need some some rivalries, and if one of the rivalries is Jim Curtin versus Atlanta, he's definitely made that case, right? Like like we said earlier, got in with Heinze. Now he's in the Athletic spouting off, and like now apparently he knows about it and didn't want to t- trash talk Omada. That was a nice little story that we didn't know there. Like that's just um, 
very it's building onto it and i think that's what's really good for the league is having these type of personalities and like there's nothing against uh pineda i just don't see him like being one of those type of people that like really get into it with uh like another coach and like call him out or anything like that now he will call out the refs but that's you know pineda versus the refs is a whole other battle that we could talk about another day but but these type of things are really good for the league for sure. And like you said, Tata, you know, Tata's got into it with, with some other coaches in MLS in the mm-hmm. past. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how he, what he's like coming back into the league. Yeah. You, you mentioned the word villain uh, with Curtin. Surprisingly, you used the word heel. I know you're a big I just thinking that. wrestling fan. <laughs> so, yeah, Curtin's kind of turned into that heel for the Atlanta United fan base. And I feel like some of that vitriol will be a toward, a lot of that virtual will be aimed toward him on Sunday afternoon. But I was just thinking, um I can't I can't ever forget, you know, essentially Atlanta United was the opponent where I guess everyone discovered Brendan Aronson because when he scored against Atlanta United he was just some kid from the Philadelphia Academy who was a homegrown and now he's in Europe and on the U.S. Men's National Team, so oh, I, I feel like not a lot of people thought his career would take off the way it did <laughs> when he scored against Atlanta United, but uh, that's something that I was thinking about, and I'm hoping that we don't see another Brandon Aronson situation like we did a few years back. Atlanta uh, does its part to make sure yeah. people make big moves. That's why we're a big club. People always score their first goals on us, their first career goals, like I think it's me because like the Ducks are the same way in the NHL. Like there's always everyone's like, oh, their first career goal is scored against us. Everybody scores their first career goal against Atlanta United. It's a thing. I'm hoping against the Paxton Air. Well, no, Paxton's out out of MLS. I forgot. Yeah, He's but there's overseas. plenty of other ones though. They've got McGlynn. The, the other the other Aronson brother. I forget his name. Um, but I'm hoping that we don't see another repeat of that um, kid. Signed to a homegrown deal like a year or two ago, going off because that would be very depressing. You yeah. You also have um, a guy. I did an article about a little earlier in the season. He was with Caleb Wiley in the U twenty World Cup. Brandon Craig. I, I don't know Brandon that he Craig. necessarily plays or starts. But what it's, is it? It really... What is it about these players? He can't spell their names. Brandon is spelled B R A N D A N. Brendan Aronson <laughs> is B R E N D E N, and then. You have Paxton, Arison, P-A-X-T-E-N. What is it about Union young players, academy graduates? I mean, Mark McKenzie's most What about that Philly area? I have no idea. Mark McKenzie has a fairly common spelling. And he had a fairly common spelling when he was – well, he still does. But, I mean, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just <laughs> side nah, – you, you side observation. I was letting you on your soapbox. Um why can't no, I, I mean, spell names? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be part of my fan fiction, Sydney. You can't spell. Jack, Jack <laughs> Elliott is a fairly normal spelling. I'll give him yeah. that. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, but no, Brandon Craig, he he's a – I think maybe you see him make an appearance, depending on how the game is going. He's a, he's a center back. But he's like my – one of my center backs in like, like football – manager or something like he he's like a free kick specialist the kid is a center back that knows how to put a ball on a dime and for the u20s he was actually the one taking a lot of the free kicks even in the attack so they've got just a they've got 
talent and ways to score in places that you don't expect. And Steve kind of mentioned it, you know, they've got guys that are getting involved in the attack that never have before. And we go back, what, a week and a half ago to Jose Martinez and that banger that he scored. And, you know, we, we always talk about Jose and his, just his personality. It fits right in with what Jim Curtin puts out there. They, you know, are very trash talky. That's what he's they a, do. He's a player you hate to play against, but you love to have him on your team. Exactly. He fits that profile perfectly, Jose Martinez. Oh, I'd take him on my team any moment if I hate uh, that man. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that guy. Um, the, the Joseph without the F. But he, you know, Steve brought up a good point with him in terms of it, something, something for Atlanta fans to be excited about. The dude's, he's crazy. Like, he's very much an Ibarra. And I think... You know, you get the right, like you get Yakamakis in his ear with Yakamakis is like passive aggressive, just yapping off and like being nice, like trying to pick somebody up off the ground because they won't get up. And God knows Philly's going to do that because um, they're going to be flopping all over the place like dead fish. And you're you're looking at a recipe to really get under Jose's skin. Of course, he's going to try to get under your skin, too. But. And then he starts getting a little reckless, a little crazy, and you start getting some free kicks in Almada territory, and that might turn the game on its head, depending on how it plays out. You do, you know, coaching-wise, do you you not like that Atlanta does some of these shenanigans that other teams do? Like, would you, for a team that blows a lot of leads, right? We know that. And you see other teams that do some things that probably aren't in the in the right spirit of the sport. Do you kind of wish that that Atlanta would do some of that stuff on occasion? Yes, I want Kubo Torres to come back and put on a workshop on how to dribble the ball to the corner and screw around with people <laughs> and not give it up. I want, but that's you know, different. That's that's not the same thing though. That what that what Philadelphia does. No, or the not. Red Bulls do. I mean, like the, that. That's just smart. Are. That's just playing smart. And like that, that's just doing, you know, some of the right things, but like they're going down, they're, they're cramping up. And how many times have we seen people come to the bends? You know what I mean? And, and like, and, and that San Jose game was a perfect example um, to start the year. Everybody's going down like after the 60th minute and, you know, they got people coming out, you know, with the cart, they're halfway off the field then they're back on and they're killing time like crazy. Would you want Atlanta to start doing some of those type of things to, to, to kill some time in there would you be okay with it because like i think it's 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 an honest question because i don't i think some people don't like it when it happens to us but would you like us to do it to them i mean there's a limit that you have to keep in mind i mean you don't want to gain a reputation across the league of being that kind of team right but that being said it has to be done in it's a smart way so to speak i mean you can't just do it just to do it and just to but Philly does. Well, I mean, again, that's one of Philly's DNA, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, like they, it, it's known for them. Like it's it's a thing that it, it's about, and it doesn't seem like they are, they don't get penalized for it often. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, you you don't want to be another Philly, I guess. Um, I mean, if you want to do it, if you want to play play that kind of game, it has to be done in a way where. I, don't know, I guess you're not drawing too much attention to yourself. I mean, you don't want to just flip on a switch right away because, I mean, you're going to get whistled for it, obviously. But, like, I know Philly has that reputation already. And that's their game. But 
Well, I feel like it'll be a little bit out of place for a lady United to just all of a sudden do it. If they did, it has to be done kind of in a smart way, and then a tactical way where they're not just like, yeah, going down here left and right for no reason. I think for me, you always want to be above it, but it's also part of the game, right? And mm. I think like you've had players on this team that know how to play the game. They know how to, you know, cast the dark arts. They know how to pull the the shenanigans and the other S words that I'm not going to say, but like it's part of the game, right? And I go back to one of the Toronto matches that we drew, the one in Toronto where, you know, they give up the very late goal. Machop Joel, I think he dribbles it over the touchline. It ends up being a throw in that turns into the equalizing goal. You lose, you lose points, right? Um, I want to see more of like you, you, you kick the ball into the stand, not drill somebody. You kick the ball into the stands. You, you take that moment to, you know, have a little bit of an issue with your ankle. Like I'm not mad at that because that is part of seeing out games. It's ugly. Absolutely. But I'm not mad if they start doing it to a degree, especially if you see out games because of it, because you have to, you have to play the clock a little bit and, you know, you may get punished. And that's what happened with San Jose in the first match. They got punished because the amount of stoppage time that was given because they were doing that crap way too much. It has to be tactful. It has to be smart. It can't just be like, again, Philly is awful about it. And I hope in this match that you're looking at, depending on the way the scoreline looks, at, at significant stoppage time because of it. But that's a gamble, right? First of all, you never know what the refs are going to do anyway. But you you have to have some, for lack of a better word, some, some a-hole. You have to have some D-bag in you, right? Like to see out some of these games. And I would I would love to see that attitude more. That's why I would love to see, you know, as, as he comes back to fitness, Ozzy Alonso getting involved in that kind of stuff more. I, I, I'm sure Yakamakis is well, well um, suited for the dark arts, considering where he came from in Scotland. Like you have players, I think that can do it. I, I watch Lennon a lot. Lennon, he's funny, actually. If you really, really keep an eye on him, if you're at the bins, free kicks, um, He'll, he'll start, you know, nudging the ball a little closer, a little closer to goal, a little closer to goal when, when the ref turns his back to blow the whistle. And, you know, on, a, on a, a dead ball, he'll kick the ball away. Like, he, he does it, just not to the degree I think that a lot of people are they see. But I'm not mad at it. To you answer your question, Tommy, if they do it more, I'm not mad at it because they got a long way to go before they get to Philly's level. Yes. Feed yeah. into the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> so how are we feeling uh, prediction-wise? I mean, I keep saying, I've said for the past few matches, I think 1-0. Um, uh, ah, gosh, and it burned me in the big way on Sunday against the Red Bulls. <laughs> yes, it <did. laughs> wasn't, even, wasn't even close. wasn't even close. Um, but, I mean... I'm not feeling very confident about this match, guys. Um, Philly's just... Uh, when have uh, you felt confident yeah. about a match, Sydney? <laughs> the, the, but here, here's the thing, though. Bendik is playing in net, and Bendik, I mean, it's not nearly the same quality as Andre Blake. So that's kind of your X factor right there, I feel like. Or one of them. 
one of the of course Bender is very familiar with the lady in the with a sign with Orlando City and that's something we didn't mention earlier but I mean yes Philly Press and yes they have that diamond formation that Atlanta have really struggled against so while I don't foresee a high scoring game necessarily I mean I'll probably have to go 2-2 I think Bendik lets in a couple of goals that aren't uh, that Andre Blakes would have stopped I think maybe Almada gets a crack at a free kick or two uh, throughout the night. I think maybe um, Yakimakis gets back on the score sheet. Uh, and, yeah, I'll say 2-2. Two, two. So, frustrating in the in the mindset that Atlanta United will not have won the game, but still have played well enough to uh, remain unbeaten, I think. Or get get back into get a, get a point I should say get a point so 2-2 two, two. Um, Yakimakis and Almada okay um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with 1-1 one, one, actually I don't know what to think but I also know that the type of team that Atlanta is about to play is very similar to the one that just destroyed them in New Jersey of course, you do have the fact that you're back at the bins. It's going to be a big difference. The players are not going to want to repeat anything that came close to last weekend at all. So the, the fact of the matter is right now, Philly's just a better team the way they're playing. So they're not going to make it easy. I, I, I'm not confident either as much as I hate to say that. But I do think played the right way. You have an Almada free kick or, like you said, Yakimakis gets on the end of something he can you know again philly's never seen yako before so he's a little bit of a wild card as well and he's going to finish his opportunities as long as he's getting the ball he's going to finish the opportunities and he's like you said Sydney, he's against a very inexperienced goalkeeper relatively speaking so i don't ever in any universe right now see them keeping a clean sheet against philly but i do think they can nick a goal tell me what you got well, I was a little confident because I went back and was thinking about that Philadelphia game from last season. You know, the game where we really yep. should have won. It was it was a fun one. You know, they attacked the entire second half. But there's something right now I, I feel it's missing with this team, and I'm, I'm not confident they're going to get it against Philadelphia. I do think Yakamaka scores, but I think they lose 3-1. to one. Tommy. Tommy, what did what did you? Don't do? you dare say a thing! Don't you <laughs> dare say a damn thing! No, no, no! Don't look at me like that! No, 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 no! You look to your you look to your left and you look at City. You've never said any. I'm the one that I'm the one that yells at Sydney all the time when he says things. So don't, it up. Huh? No, 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 no! You know, I, I don't know. I, I I hope I'm wrong here, but I think that. If this, if if it, if it, what happens, I say ends up being true, and I don't want it to be. It's just I'm trying to win. The, I'm trying to win this, guys. I'm up two to one. <laughs> I'm up to two to one on you right now, Tyler. I really just wanna. Yeah. I want to win this, but I'm I'm looking at this and saying that there there's got to be. And maybe it's this week. Maybe it actually didn't happen this week. There, there's got to be a, a come to Jesus moment with 
this entire team together and getting everything all on, on the same page, right? Like you, you heard Caleb Wiley call out basically the team saying that they're not ready. Is that enough to really, that's what I want to see in this game. I want to see how, how your young player, one of your young star players called out and I don't even want to say star player, but he's, he's a big part of your, your homegrown, right? And he's, he's had a decent season so far. He calls out this team. How does this team respond? Because if they don't respond well and they still come out flat, then I think there's possibly some trouble that is going on internally on the team and that they're, they're going to have to get it fixed here. So I don't want this to happen, but I, I'd say the biggest thing to watch for in this game with me is how this team starts. And Steve said the same thing. They, you know, Who scores the same the first goal, right? I don't even want that. I don't even say that they've got to score the first goal, right? I want to see in that first 20 minutes that they're solid, that, that they're at home, that they're on the attack, and they're not making these silly mistakes in the defensive zone, allowing easy opportunities. That's what I want to see, because that's really going to tell you if whatever happened after that game in New York, if anything has changed. Yeah. And final match before the transfer window opens up. So, obviously, the match is uh, July 2nd. The window opens next Wednesday, so... I expect that <clears throat> the mood will be very interesting if Atlanta United loses this match. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be three one. Um, just saying, just saying. But I think that Atlanta United. I don't think can really Who match up. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get all this positivity? When you said when you both went like Tyler Tyler's usually like pretty like optimistic, maybe like he's optimistic slash realistic. I, I've been mm. you know, I'm just always right. Uh but then Sydney, twice. like you're yeah, twice. I was right I've always right twice. But then Sydney's like always so down. I was like, a draw? Like of all the games you say that Atlanta United's going to lose and you pick Philadelphia to draw? <laughs> a draw Where are we at? A draw is not a loss. That is true. Draw is a draw. It's a point. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think – I don't know if they'll win, to be honest with you. It's Unpredictable. It's probably, that might be flattering at Lenny United a little bit at this current I, point. Of but they, like, they have to respond. They have to respond. No absolutely. And, it, and it's going to be a big statement. I like Mark. Uh, Ted Uncle goes full Ted Uncle. Red cards, three Philly players. Uh, <laughs> and Atlanta United wins the game 7-0. Um, uh, that's I'm, good I'm fan fiction. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go 2-1. Just a third oh, wrench. Change it. Last second. Yep. I'm going to go back to my optimistic streak. And now, well, if it does happen, Tommy's going to come back and kill me because I made a last-minute sub. Um, <laughs> let's see. Renee, we need a coach for the dark arts to school our players to do it properly. Absolutely. It's going back to the conversation we have a minute ago. Um, yes. we they, they need They need a little bit of a uh, – that Harry Potter and Voldemort mm. in them, for sure. So a little bit of Slytherin. I want to see it. Uh, Omar asking a question, and I actually have the answer to this. Well, at least I, I think I have the answer to this. Why wasn't Ozzy playing last game? They are not going to start Ozzy right now. Well, they weren't going to start him last week. I still doubt that they start him anytime soon. But by the time it was the time that you would bring Ozzy Alonso into the match, the match was already not fit for Ozzy Alonso at that point. I think you're wasting him coming in at the 60th minute because you're not really playing that great anyway. 
And I don't know that what Ozzy brings to the table, which is a lot, I don't know that it would have fixed anything in that match. So I think at that point you just hey, let him rest, give him until you know he gets a whole other eight days off that he doesn't have to worry about. I mean, he's still recovering from that injury. Give it to him. Don't don't try to just like you wouldn't bring in Firmino in that match because then it's, you're going to use up his his last opportunity. That he's not going to turn that game around by himself. So you save it. You don't hate that you it. have to, but you save it. Yeah, don't force it. Yeah, uh, the smart move to not play him. Um, but yeah, um, as far as predictions are concerned, if you have any, please let us know. Uh, follow us on Twitter at scarves the letter N spikes, and just tweet us with. Your predictions, uh, Emilio saying 3-0 to Philly. Ibarra gets sent off in the eighth. <laughs> Curtin Bates, Gonzalo, Pineda to get in the red. And Atlanta just loses their minds to lose 3-0. Um, <laughs> this is WWE. Yeah, WWE. Jeez, Tyler, you got everybody <laughs> buying notebooks like now writing their fan. Like Everybody's going to be publishing the Atlanta United fan fiction story. We're going to have our own nook of the internet, and it's going to be really yeah. great. Yeah, but share your uh, fan fiction with us on Twitter at Scarves the Letter and Spikes on Twitter, and uh, we may publish some. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, we met. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, we mention it every week. Patreon.com/slash/Scarves and Spikes. Uh, a new benefit just released on Wednesday today. To as we're recording, fan fiction as well. Yeah, a place to post your fan fiction as well. A Discord server. A new Discord server that we have just released. Um, again, available only to our patrons at any level. So one seventeen a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. Super easy to sign up. Patreon.com slash scarfs and spikes. I know we mention it every week, but we want to really give you guys that opportunity to financially support us. Like we always say, this show is always free. The YouTube show will always remain free, no matter what the podcast will always be made free no matter what. That being said, we'd love to give you guys some little benefits here and there, some audio interviews that you won't get anywhere else, uh, video interviews like or video it's like we did the mid-season review a few weeks ago, and now a new Discord server. So patreon.com slash scarves and spikes. And yes, we'd love to see you support us. Anyway, you can, again... $1.17 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. Any of those tiers, any of those will give you access to our Discord. But, uh, yeah, please support us. And thank you for those who already do. Um, really appreciate your support and your help. And, yeah. Yeah, we're going to try and do, a, a like, a segment starting soon where we have a questions part of the Discord. So you can leave us questions. And we'll, uh, we'll carve out some time on this to, you know, a- a- try to answer as many as we can. Yeah, and and as usual, you know, we try to get to to y'all's comments during the match as well. Uh, I'm, yeah. Huh, what am I the talking show. about during the show? Um, but you know, it, it it's hard. Like you guys, we love it that you guys are in the chat so much. Like that's what we want. That's why we're doing this. That's why it evolved from the spaces show in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want you guys chatting, commenting. Like that's what we're here for. Uh, speaking of Omar saying four O Philly, it's another crap show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh boy, uh, but but yeah, the, like Tommy saying, we've got w- one of the one of the channels that's in in the Discord is going to be a segment that we can set aside to try to maybe like rapid fire or so just hit on 
just the questions that you've got, trying to answer as, as best we can the specific questions that you have, you know, that we have a little bit of time beforehand to, to take a look at and maybe do some research and investigate or whatever that we got to do mm-hmm. to get you guys the right answer and the answer that I hope is, is <laughs> good for you. Yeah. So lots, lots of things going on and mm-hmm. stickers. Uh, I'll give you guys a sneak peek really quick. Nice. So on the way, yeah. that is one. I won't show you all of them, but I do got to throw this one up there because it is such a famous moment in our early, early young history. <laughs> the Joseph Candle, light it up for Joseph. So we got a couple more stickers as well. We'll be getting those uh, put up for you guys to. We're going to do giveaways, but we're also going to be selling them as well. So yeah. uh, if you're listening to the if you're listening to the podcast, we're going to shoot out. You know, the pictures Tyler showed yeah. on Twitter. Um, so twitter.com slash Garth, Thaler, and Spikes. We'll give you guys a chance to take a look at those over there as well. But, yeah, looking forward to these. They look really good. I mean, Tommy, you and I have seen them as well. And, yeah, really excited to see these out in the wild. Yeah. Stick them. Do we have just big ones of our heads? Does that exist? Uh, That's, um, not yet, but it can. for Twenty dollar patron. <laughs> I didn't say topless pictures, Sydney. Don't don't try to sell us off here. Jeez. I thought those were your feet pictures. Those are the only the only Tom's stickers. <laughs> We've gotten to that point in the episode. Scarves and spikes feet. Dot com. <laughs> People pay for that stuff, guys. I, I, oh, I'm not I judging anyone. I believe you. My um, wife has a weird toe. No part of it. Dude, this is the second time in our history in our show that you brought up your wife's weird toe. She she has a weird one. We amazing. I've looked to try to see how I could capitalize it with money, but it hasn't got that far. So thanks, Zilf. Uh, we appreciate you. We uh yes, we just, just subscribe. Yeah. We you. also uh <laughs> what's wrong with you? Uh there's so much wrong with me, Zilf. We actually uh, if you missed it, we actually brought up that we thought you made up this transfer rumor, so thanks. You, yeah. You've broken us. You've broken us at this point. We also so. had an entire segment on the Academy and the twos and everything else that you missed, Zilf, so go back. So rewind. Yeah. Rewind. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go uh, upstairs and to get some food and look at some toes, and uh, I'm heading over to <laughs> Batter and Aaron's. <laughs> I'm going to head over there, uh, talk about some Tata Martino and some Messi and some Joseph and... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't recover from this. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. No. We need to end this show right now before it goes further, <laughs> in the, further in the, down the drain. <laughs> we love you guys. We appreciate yes. it. Yes, thank you for watching. Go back in and watch listening. our show while you continue to play Fortnite. <laughs> Everybody else, uh, Sunday, if you're at the if you're at the bins, come come see, find myself and or Sydney. Yeah. I'll be around. Um, maybe a new match tradition of meandering around the, the stadium beforehand. But, you know, we want to hear from y'all. So we appreciate the support um, always. So y'all come come see us and uh, make sure you're subscribed over on the YouTube and everywhere. Yes. Thanks for watching, everyone. Yes, please like and subscribe on YouTube as well if you aren't already. Um, we say all the time it helps us out a lot, but it really does. All the support and subscribers as we're doing the show right now on YouTube. I know we could be there by the time the podcast comes out. Uh, so, yeah, 
Please like, subscribe on YouTube. It's super easy. And I think that's it. Like it. Like we it. Will subscribe see it. You guys probably Monday and then Sunday night for the Spaces show. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Yes, happy Fourth of July. We'll see you next time. See y'all. Don't blow yourself up this weekend. No. Please play safe with fireworks. Don't drink and drive. Yeah, definitely don't do that. It should have fireworks. Make sure you tie the fuses together when you get ready to launch the mortars. Back it up, I like Terry. This, I like those little snakes you, you, you like light on fire. fire. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Back up, Terry. <laughs> We've gone off the rails again. Again? My fault. All right. See y'all. See y'all.